Welcome to The Lifted Podcast. I'm your host, Helen Denham, and this is a place for us to talk about what we're doing every day to raise our vibration and understand ourselves more deeply as energetic beings and co-creators. All right. Hi, you guys. Welcome back. I'm so grateful that you're here. Your presence means so much to me, and uh, I'm excited to get into today's episode. So we've got the lovely Natalie Holbrook with us. This is going to be a really fun episode. I'm so excited. So Natalie is an astrologer and a nutritionist, but we're talking mostly about astrology in this episode. Um, And in this episode, Natalie takes us through so many interesting aspects of her upbringing. And then we actually read my chart. She reads my chart, which was such a beautiful gift. Thank you so much, Natalie, for offering to do this. I'm really excited. Um, So let me give you some background here. Natalie learned astrology very quickly and intuitively, feeling like it was something that she remembered once she stepped into studying it. And it so strongly affected her own life that it felt necessary to incorporate readings for her nutrition clients, and she was called to expand and offer it to everybody that she knew. Natalie says, I like to think of astrology as the psychology of the cosmos. Each one of us was born with a beautiful celestial blueprint that lays out what our soul's purpose for this lifetime will be. Every planet, every sign, and every house affects us and provides deeper insight into the energy that makes up our lives. It teaches us more than we could even realize about ourselves. It's truly written in the stars. I love that. So in this episode, we talk about Natalie's fascinating upbringing, including growing up Mormon and then shifting into a more holistic and spiritual lifestyle. And then Natalie, like I was saying, also does an in-depth reading of my natal chart. And uh, you know what? I think it would be helpful if you wanted to bring up your own chart to follow along with us as you listen and see if you can draw some parallels for your own life and learn something new about yourself as well, because she really takes us through each of the houses. We talk about different planets and how they affect us. And uh, you and I might have some like similar placements and everything. So I think this could be wonderful and educational as well. Um, And also, finally, before we dive in, this is the last episode of the season. Um, Kind of bittersweet. I'm going to be taking the next two months off, not really off, but I'm going to be focusing on releasing new music and launching a mentorship program uh, in a little while. So stay in touch with me on Instagram and everything. We'll keep in touch. And then season four will return on December 1st, which actually is not that far away. It's crazy. All right, so let's get into the episode. While you listen, you can hit us up on Instagram as always. Natalie is at Rise with Natalie, and I'm at Helen Denham underscore. So let us know what you think and what you learn as you listen. And as always, if you feel like a friend might benefit from this episode, please feel free to uh, send it along. All right, I'll talk to you on the flip side. The first question I always love to ask guests is how do you like to start your day off? Do you have any rising routines or rituals that you go to? Oh, I love that question. Yes. I feel like my routine is always kind of switching up in terms of like I journal or I meditate. Um, but there is one thing that I always do every single morning and it's while I'm laying in bed and I always place my hand on my heart and I say, good morning, spirit guides. Good morning, guardian angels. Good morning, ancestors. Thank you for today. And just doing that alone, it gets me into this higher frequency of feeling like I'm not alone. You know, I'm here with this whole team of guides, whether I see them or feel them at all times or not. 
I know that they're there. And it, it really just starts the day with gratitude and with feeling like, what magic can we create together today? Mm. Oh, beautiful. I love that. And, you know, I've been asking people recently too, like, what does your evening routine look like? Now I'm curious, do you do anything to close out the day? Uh, to be honest, that's something I always have to work on because I am trying to have like a strict no social media or no emails. Um, being an entrepreneur, I will say, and, and obviously this is my story around it, but it's difficult sometimes to, to turn off when you're in like a launch mode or you're, you know, signing on new clients or anything. But, you know, the one thing that I always do, though, is like, that is my favorite thing for sleeping. I wouldn't say this is necessarily a ritual, but it's just a must have for me is I have to sleep with a sleeping mask. And it's like this really luxurious thing to me that like I put on my mask. I usually actually, I guess this is kind of a ritual. Now I'm saying it out loud is I'll spray it with lavender. I'll spray it with something. And just that is like, it's time for me to go to bed, go to sleep and also, I don't know if you sleep with a sleeping mask or, you know, if you have, but like my dreams are insane when I put it on. And I think that it's because it's closing out anything else and I go into the deepest REM cycle. So, you know, there's nothing else affecting that dream state and it can be these really amazing visions that I'll usually get at night. Whoa. Okay. I'm really inspired to try that because yeah. I mean, you're, you're getting into like aromatherapy there. That's a great <laughs> tip too, because there's something about scent that of course, like triggers a response in us. So love that. I'm yeah. right there with you. I'm not excellent about my social media use. The only, honestly, the only thing that helps me is taking a walk and leaving my phone at home in the evenings because mm -hmm. I have, I've got to handle that too. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's I true. love how you're starting the day though, like tapping into source and spirit, connecting with your guides. And I would love to know about your upbringing and kind of what your journey has looked like. Sure. My upbringing is very interesting. I was raised Mormon. So I was raised in the LDS church and that um, was this really beautiful way for me, I think, to start out with a really strong foundation in spirituality. Of course, that is a very, um, it's a, a religion that's more of a lifestyle, you know, and I realized when I was about 18, 19, that it wasn't the lifestyle that I wanted to partake in for my whole life. I actually went to the Mormon college in Idaho. There's one in Utah and one in Idaho. And I got kicked out when I was 18 for doing pranks, like doing really silly things, like literally being an 18 year old. Um, and the funny thing was like, I, I was drinking a little bit. I had smoked a little bit of weed, but those things I did not get in trouble or caught for, but it was like, me doing pranks with a friend that's what we got in trouble for <laughs> so from that's a very awesome. young age yeah i started to experience oh what is it like to be kicked out of somewhere what is it like to be outcasted and really questioning my truth and questioning well who am i if all of a sudden i lose this identity you know and like it was a big you know existential crisis, but also a spiritual awakening because I realized, oh, actually, I don't have to be religious to have a relationship with God. And what is God? God is just a word for the universe and for nature and for who we are on the inside and what's around us, right? So that, you know, I was 18. And that was kind of like the first big thing that happened where I was like, wow, also all I have is is me and do i want to live in this world of separation and being like i'm all alone i'm rejected from this place or do i want to find the the oneness of the world and i think that that search and that never-ending seeking is what kind of got me to where i am now 
um, through then, you know, many other spiritual awakenings and courses, but that was like the first kind of big pivot in my life. Wow. Okay. This is fascinating. So the first thing that comes to mind is what are some misconceptions around Mormonism you think that exist out there that are just not really based in, you know, the heart? What is, what's that about? Yeah, well, I think that, you know, there's the first big one that comes to mind is polygamy and people having, you know, tons of wives and sister wives. And um, there was that TV show, I think, called Big Love. Um, But, you know, so there's this misconception that all Mormons are polygamist and that, you know, you have to get married and you share your husband. And that was true back in, you know, the 1800s when also not just Mormons were doing that, but many other groups and religions and everything, but that's just what they were known for and remembered for. So that is not a truth (laughs) in modern day Mormonism. Um, I think that there's also this kind of judgment that Mormons, you know, they have like the Mormon missionaries and everything that come around to your door and knock on your house, you know, um, that they're like pushing the religion on you. And I think that that could be said for any religion, Um, you know, to be honest, when I was active in the church, it was something that I was kind of like, you know, if people want to come to it, I think that they should come on their own. But at the same time, it's, it's kind of like a marketing tactic, right? Like you can kind of look at like the business of religion. Um, and I think that, I think that overall, it's a really beautiful religion because the focus there's two, I think, huge focuses. And one of the biggest focuses is family. And the other one is of being of service. And so I think that when we look at it as like, wow, there's these pillars that are really strong and also of being like a good, honest person, you know, they don't drink, they don't, um, you know, they really condemn all of those things. And I think that the majority of the people who are in that religion are striving every day to be a better person. And I think that a lot of times people can have this misconception that like, oh, they're really judgmental because they don't drink because they don't um, do drugs or because whatever. And it's kind of like, well, you know, if that's something triggering to the person who's maybe thinking that, then that's an invitation to look at yourself of like, are you triggered by someone who doesn't drink because you drink? You know, what is that bringing up for you? Do you feel inferior? Do you feel they think they're superior? You know, it it starts this whole other conversation when really it's just about like, do what you want and do what makes you feel happy and I think that the one thing that um, I took away many things from being raised in that religion, my parents both still practice, but I loved being actually raised in a household that didn't consume alcohol and that drugs weren't really a part of, you know, any of my experience because there was this sense of cleanliness and the sense of you don't need any substances to get through life or to have fun. And I was raised by a mom who is, hilarious and weird and creative and an actress and you know and so there was this sense of like I don't need anything to make me have fun because I can just like do voices and act and be silly and crazy like have fun in that way and it was very innocent and I think that that innocence is something that's so beautiful to to live in and it's not a naivety whatsoever it's more of just do you want to live in this way that you know you feel pure and and clean and you can be a more clear channel for for source to come through. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I love what you're touching on here because it's funny how if we were to take the label away of Mormonism and just observe the behavior from this objective perspective as just like human beings, I mean, that's uh, so much of the spiritual community is, is talking about the same things. Like, um, you know, a 
lot of us don't drink a lot of alcohol or use substance, you know, it's like, so funny what happens when we smack a label on something, but I think it's really beautiful what you're observing about this, you know, religion in this group. It seems beautiful. Um, so what is your perspective around religion in general now, having grown up in like a church scenario? Yeah. So, you know, my, my main thought is that everyone just wants community and everyone wants to belong. Everyone wants to be seen and heard and loved. And I think that, um, religion does that for people. You know, religion is a simple way to say, Hey, I just moved somewhere or, Hey, I need some extra help. I'm going to go to a church where there's people who are actually looking to serve you or to hold you or to help in some way. And so I think that that's kind of, you know, a really beautiful way to receive that if a church or religion is something that you want. Um, and I think that all religions, you know, they might have different books, they might have different surface level beliefs, but I think under all, all religions are about love and are about service and about, you know, faith in something bigger and better, whether you want to call it God or Buddha or Allah or meditation or source or, you know, whatever new astrology, whatever we call it today. But I think that at the end, it's all about having faith, having something that you believe in and that, you know, you don't just think that you die and you're gone forever. It's this way of believing that there's something more, there's something deeper, something more fulfilling to this lifetime. Totally agree with you there. And I have these actually really beautiful memories of going to church. I was brought up Protestant. My grandfather was a minister, but it was never serious. We would go on, you know, the holidays and stuff. But there was something just so special about being in a room for like one hour of togetherness and singing. Like how often do we sing together? Oh my gosh, it would just move me so deeply. Um, and it's just, you know, such a human thing to do to come together like that. And, and exactly like you're saying, like connect to something higher than ourselves together, um, which I think we're all really looking for or striving for or doing this unraveling to get in touch with. And if you get there through an organization like a church, great. If that works for you, wonderful. And there's always a yin and the yang to everything, but with everything, exactly. So what brought you into astrology? What got you curious about astrology? Yeah. So it was just, it was like this gift (laughs) because it was kind of like, I wasn't searching for it. Um, it's now I even saying this out loud, it kind of reminds me of like, you know, when you're focused on like finding a relationship, it's harder to find it. And then when you're living your life, all of a sudden it just like comes to you or like the perfect person disappears. I feel like that's how astrology was for me. So I was working as a holistic nutritionist and I was also, um, doing prereqs to go back to school and get a master's in holistic nutrition. And it seemed that every single door was just slamming in my face regarding nutrition. I would get these like, you know, little waves of opportunities where I had clients and I worked with a bunch of different groups and that was beautiful, but I wanted to go to the next level. And I felt that um, I couldn't find the right school. Like the prereqs that I was doing were so hard and I just had no social life because I was like, I have to get A's in anatomy and chemistry and physiology and just really went down this like putting my head down, which was good, but also really difficult, you know, to do at 32 years old. And, um, and, you know, I had even had this opportunity with a celebrity nutritionist who had reached out to me and said, I want you to work with me and I want to train you. And then a few months later, she found out that she was pregnant. It was like, just kidding, you know, so there were just so many things where I was like, yes, and then just kidding, no. 
And it was kind of like, I was in this moment of surrender. I remember walking on the beach in Santa Monica and calling my mom and crying and just being like, what is my path? I thought that this was it. And finally, I, I think it was maybe even that same year, that same week, I was listening to a podcast where there was an astrologer talking about finding your purpose, finding your path, and how you can use astrology to do that. And talking about, you know, these way more in-depth ways, manners of talking about the planets and the signs and the houses than I had ever heard before. And so I ran home and was like, I need to download my chart and get one of those, you know, quick readings from like some website where they give you like a 30 page printout. And I started to see, oh, I'm a Leo rising. Oh, I'm a Gemini moon. You know, I have this and this and this and Jupiter and Pisces. And this means this. And after that, I found an astrologer who was, you know, I was living in LA and she was in um, Orange County. And I started going down and meeting with her every other week for about three months. And within that three month period, I learned and absorbed and it was so natural. I didn't have to feel like I had to try. It was almost like I was in this little monastery or something. And all of a sudden, it just all came to me, you know? And so that was really beautiful because. Um, I didn't have to work hard at it. It was just as if somebody had hit a button on me and was like, reactivate, remember astrology. And so then I started to add it into my work with my nutrition clients. And a few months later, I offered doing, you know, um, discounted or doing donation-based readings for people. And about a month after that, it just kind of blew up and I started getting super booked out and just decided to pivot and say, okay, you know what, this is here for a reason. And, and it's also one of those things that makes me believe and trust in God or in the higher powers even more, because I'm like, how in the world could this have just come to me? You know, there's some magic in this that's so much greater than me. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you just created this magnetism too. Once you're in your power and where you're supposed to be, it's like, it's inevitable. Like things are going to start to work out for you. Yeah. I love hearing that too, you know, about addressing like the door is closing and being like, oh, I'm frustrated. Cause I think we all go through that at some point, at one point or another where we're like, why is this not working out? And it just doesn't feel in alignment. And then when you do hit your stride, you're like, oh, that's why. And we just <laughs> have to remember that like, there's a reason why that's happening. Um, and how can we follow our calling a little bit more? Absolutely. So that's encouraging. Very nice. So what do you like to look for in a chart when you're reading for somebody? Like, what are your favorite things to, what planets to go to, houses to look at, what does your you know, typical reading look like? Yeah, well, I mean, everybody's chart looks so different, but there's, you know, I'll always just start with um, the sun, moon, and rising because those three things really do kind of cover the way that you're showing up in the world, what you're here to rise into, which is your rising sign. The sun is what you are, um, your ego. It's really kind of like the essence of who you are. And sometimes we don't even have to think about it. It's like the air that we're breathe, we're breathing, but at the same time, it's also what we're learning in this lifetime, you know, where there's so much light shown on this that we're really exemplifying and exuding what is that archetype in this lifetime. Um, I love to also look at the house that the sun is placed in because if you think about the birth chart, if it were like a stage and the sun is like an actual spotlight, right? Like in a theater and we're spotlighting the area of your birth chart as you know, the spotlight of your lifetime. So for example, your son is in the first house. And that means that really in this lifetime, you are here to learn about you. You are here to dive in 
to yourself in all means, physically, emotionally, financially, mentally, spiritually, right? And to really discover who is Helen and what does she have to offer? What, what is her soul all about? And I think for anybody listening who's like, well, obviously our life is about us, you know, people have different emphasis in these different versions where you might have to go through more things and more challenges that bring you to finding this deeper level of yourself, right? And because it's in cancer, it's doing it in this way where you're also learning about what is the feminine side of me? What does it look like to be a mother, especially to remother and reparent myself? Mm -hmm. um, and also to find out what is that balance of the masculine and the feminine? Also, what can my physical body do? Maybe if you've ever had any ailments, really figuring that out. Um, and also big, big lesson for cancers is letting go and attachment because if you think about the mother the mother you know when we give birth you have the umbilical cord to your child and there's a need to cut that umbilical cord off so that that child can live free and it's kind of like anything in your life that you have to somehow let go of whether it's an addiction or a person or a belief right that there, there's this big theme of letting go for cancer energy Whoa. Okay, Natalie, I just picked up my journal because you just hit on, you're just giving me chills, honestly, because I haven't had somebody really break it down for me like that. Because I know it does sound obvious, like, oh yes, we're all here to do this internal journey. But like everything I do is surrounding introspection. Like the reason I run this podcast is to learn about myself through these conversations. And like, I feel like I'm here to just unravel all of my ailments, like you were saying, all these eating disorders, depression, whatever, and turn that into a purpose-driven path. But like, it makes so much sense. And I really do, I don't want to put that out there, but I, a huge lesson for me is overcoming attachment. I hold on to things, uh, people for too long. <laughs> yeah. um, and it's all related to self-worth for me. But, um, and it's so cool how you're describing it as like a stage, you know, that, that helps me to imagine and, and visualize what's going on. Yeah. So I'm so grateful that you're, you're down to break down my chart with me and um, I'm excited. So what else can we look at in here? Yeah. So, okay. Can I by chance share my screen? Is that oh, sure. possible? Because it's always fun to, to see your chart. Let's see. I don't know how you do that on Zoom, but we can figure that out. Let's see here. You might have to make me a host. Okay. Let's see. If I do make host, change host. Natalie is the host now. Okay. Perfect. Okay, cool. Oh, so nice. Great. Okay. Sweet. Um, all right. So, yes, if we were to start then, so we have the sun, moon, and rising, and the rising sign is your first house. And so, this is the rising really represents what you're here to rise into and how people view you, how people see you. A lot of astrologers will say that it's kind of like the mask that you wear. I don't personally really think that it's a mask though, because it is just how you show up subconsciously and other people do see that. So, you know, you and I are meeting for the first time and I sense this cancer energy because I do sense this sense of sweetness, right? And that's a lot of cancer too. And you mentioned an eating disorder that is very cancer energy because there's an attachment to food, to anything about home, to comfort, right? And so it's like having to learn how do I deal with the, the depths of my mind and these things that have to do with home. And sometimes there can be this battle there. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so that's something that, you know, you're rising into learning. And so my favorite analogy of, um, of 
really knowing what are the sun, moon, and rising is if you think about a house, a house is the outside of the house is like the rising sign because that's what people see. And it's also the foundation that we choose to build. Let's say that you're constructing a house and you're like, I want to put in this type of brick and it's going to be this color. That's what you get to rise into and to build. And so you're rising into this cancer energy where you're learning about who am I, what, which way of being this mothering, nurturing energy um, do I want to use in this lifetime? And so then we go into the inside of the house and that's the kitchen or the dining room. And people are like, okay, I see you a little more. I see you girl. And you know, it's interesting since yours is also cancer, right? Mm -hmm. So whenever people have the sun or the moon also in the same sign as the rising sign, that just means that you get this hit of double of that energy because your soul said, I really want to learn how do I do this in its deepest core way, you know? So there's a lot there because cancer is also the sign of, you know, all of the water signs are extremely empathic and intuitive. And so cancer is the one though, where it's kind of like these, the depths of our mind, you know, it's the emotional stability. If you think about um, it being almost like the bedroom or the the deepest part. It's the deepest part of the chart, actually. It's the lowest point in the chart because it's where we go the deepest. You know, if we look at everyone does have a mother wound of some sort, and it's that deepest core part that some people will never even understand or realize in their life, you know? Mm -hmm. So you yourself, just the air that you breathe is cancer, is about the depth, is about the real connection, is about family, whether it's your blood family or the family that you're here to create, you know? Mm -hmm. So then if we say, okay, well, kind of, like I said, it's spotlighted in this first house, your journey really is to learn about you. And so see how now there's these other planets that are next to the sun. So if we think about, so this is called a stellium. And so when a stellium, it, what that is, is that all of these planets are within a certain degree range from each other. So in the sky, all of these planets were next to each other when you were born. And first we have Mercury. Now, Mercury is the planet of communication and of um, our thoughts. It's the way that we think. It's our beliefs in terms of, you know, are we thinking for ourselves? Are others really influencing us? It's also how we collaborate. So since your Mercury is in the first house, this shows that your sense of self, who you are, how people see you, there is an element of communication here. Mm -hmm. And so you having a podcast makes total sense, right? Mm -hmm. Because this is usually the sign for public speakers. So this is, you know, you have something to say, people see and, and hear <laughs> that you have something to say, and it's very important. And because it's right next to your sun, whenever we have the sun and Mercury together, it's a term called Kazemi, where it might have taken a while for you to actually find your voice. Because when they're this close, the sun can sometimes outshine that planet, where you're like, okay, well, I am who I am, but what do I say? What, what, who am I actually, you know, how do I communicate this? How do I articulate this? How do I fit in with these people? You know, are they going to get me? But then we come to a point where usually after the Saturn return, which you're just about to start. So it's cool that you're already doing this before your Saturn return is that that voice comes out even stronger because you go through whatever you needed to weave through so that you can then say, here's my voice, here's who I am, you know, hear me roar. Uh -huh. <laughs> and um, yeah, and then, you know, your ascendant is also right here in the stellium too, so that it's really important for you to, you know, what you see is what you get, 
like with you. Like you're not going to ever be someone who's fake. And you probably feel like if there is anything that's ever out of integrity for you, it probably really weighs, weighs you down. And you feel like I have to be honest. I have to, you know, speak my truth. And even if it might be triggering to somebody and, and that could even be a little battle that you go through every day, because sometimes with that cancer energy, it's like, you don't want to hurt anyone because it's, it's like the mom, right? It wants things to, to go well and smoothly. And you actually just want peace and everything to feel good. Um, but standing up for your truth is a, a big, um, lesson and growth opportunity that you get to experience and break through and um, embody in this lifetime. Oh my God. I'm a little bit speechless. I was telling Natalie, I was telling you before we really started, like I have never really had a proper full out reading. Um, I've had little segments done here and there, but like, this is just undeniable. Like I, without even knowing this, it's like, I just have been super called to public speaking, podcasting. It's like, absolutely. There's no question. I definitely am so concerned with integrity and it's caused, you know, issues in my family feeling like just, I want to take care of them. I don't want to trigger anybody. I'm extremely family oriented. Like it just all makes perfect sense. It's really interesting to be validated like this and have you go through it because I feel, I feel like I'm on the right path. Like I feel like I'm in my purpose and um, thank you. Okay. Wonderful. So, and the first house is self, right? Like that's your sense of self. Okay. self and, and of every meaning, you know, it's, it's the physical body. It's, you know, who you are inside and outside. And then also this, a lot of times, and this is kind of like for anybody listening who has a lot of planets in the first house, I'm sure you can relate to this too, is that there is this deep care of what do people think about me, you know? Mm-hmm. And that is a big lesson to, to get to grow from and to really overcome and then to be super empowered by. And usually when people have this, there's a lot of people who will become either coaches or they're athletes, or there's something where they have to learn themselves so much. And then they help other people through, whether it's through their voice, like doing a podcast or being a coach or being, you know, some type of um, leader or public figure, because they then get to pass on the knowledge of here's how you can really learn yourself to the deepest. Yes, totally. All right. What else is, is anything else sticking out to you in here? Yes. Okay. So Um, if we go, let's just go back to the sun, moon rising. So the moon, if we go back to that analogy of the house, right, is that the moon is like the bedroom. So this is the deepest core part of you. And it's the part that people will pick up, but they don't, they're not going to be like, oh, Helen's such a Gemini, you know? Um, but then when two and two are together, I probably, even when you learned this, you're like, oh my gosh, this makes so much sense. So I think <laughs> yeah. that learning the moon is such a beautiful place to, to even start if you're new to astrology, just because the moon represents our emotions and our needs. It's also our relationship to our mother. Um, we discussed like, I, we're both Gemini moons. And my mom, for example, she, she's not a Gemini at all, but her Jupiter is in Gemini. And you know, when I was younger, we would go to church and she would be the last person there talking to everybody, you know, like super Gemini energy. And I never, I always was like, oh, this is so annoying. I want to go home and like read my books or be with my friends and like do other Gemini moon things. Uh-huh. Um, but that showed like there's that relationship. So it would be interesting to even see your mom's chart and see, you know, where her Gemini energy could be. Yeah, I'm, I'll have to ask her about that. I'm so curious. I mean, my, my mother journey has been huge in this lifetime. And it's interesting that in the beginning, you were talking about kind of reparenting a little bit, because I 
feel so strongly that I have been my mom's mom in a past life or something. And I feel very protective over her, like a caretaker of her. So mm-hmm. that's super interesting. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I actually have chills right now with you saying that because I feel like this chart can for sure, um, can for sure say that. And I also do want to just preface that it's the way that I do astrology is very spiritual, you know, and I, I also do a lot of, um, it's a lot, it's very intuitive and there's a lot of things that I feel just kind of channel through me. Um, so that it's not textbook where you're like, well, this and this is this, right. But one thing that you do have that I think could really indicate and be something strong that would be like a hell yes to what you just said is that your, um, your Venus. So Venus is also our relationship to women. It's more so to women and to money and desire. Um, but it also can be our relationship to the mom, right? Because that's, you know, a great, great force of love is that mother relationship. And yours is sitting right next to the South node and the South node represents our past karmas and our past lives. Mm. And so when these two are, it's called conjunct when they sit right next to each other, is that this really could show that yes, there was some type of deep relationship with some type of female that you are here to learn and, um, and review and almost potentially take with you what were the lessons from that other lifetime and how do you now apply it into, into this lifetime. Hey there, just popping in quickly to tell you about my recent offering, Cultivating Confidence. This is an online self-mastery course with eight modules, and I developed this course to reflect all of the tools that I've gone to over the past, you know, eight to 10 years to help me overcome depression, clinical depression, anxiety, uh, eating disorders, you name it, you know, even getting out of toxic relationships. These are the tools that have helped me. So in the course, you'll find uh, guided visualization meditations, transformational workbook prompts, developing a daily practice and goal setting, customized affirmations, EFT tapping, and so much more. It's been so fun to create this for you. And I'm just seeing the women in our community really grow and rise and step into their full potential and worth uh, from a place of authenticity. So it's such an honor to uh, provide this for you and offer this. So if you're interested and it feels resonant with you, go ahead and check it out. HelenDenham.com slash course and information's in the description below as well. All right. Love you. Back to the episode. Um, and potentially heal that because a lot of times whatever is happening with our south node, um, if we have planets that are sitting next to it, that this could be something that, hey, I get to heal this in this lifetime that I'm taking with me from another. And then on top of that is that it's in the 12th house and the 12th house is the house of the things that we feel, but we don't see. So I like to even call it the house of God um, because it's like this it's, it's the original um, Pisces energy house. And so there's this transcendence and, you know, people who are on the other side of the veil. So even if you've ever felt like you're potentially carrying with you really heavy energy, that's maybe not yours. I would be very confident in saying that that's part of your journey too, is to maybe heal, do some ancestral type of healing or something that, um, you know, might be from either karmic or lineages back that your soul said, I'm going to come down in this lifetime and heal this for seven generations ago and seven generations ahead. Mm-hmm. Oh yes. Oh, I love that. I also picked up so much on like, um, that 
I do embody a very masculine energy a lot of the time. So I think a lot of my journey as well is to tap into that divine feminine and really embrace that softness because something about me um, is quite masculine sometimes. Um, and I do feel like I'm feminine, but the way that I just like speak, I think, and handle myself can come off a little bit more masculine. So I wonder what that is going to turn out to look like. But does that have anything to do with Venus? Or, or is that would actually be more so of your Mars uh -huh. and the Mars. So, you know, Venus is that feminine quality. Venus is love, desire, money, relationships, communication, uh, a little, not really communication, but like how we want to be treated, how we want to be spoken to. It's kind of like the, I always like to say it's like the OG love languages. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's what you need. Right. So even in that sense, it's like, your deep need in love and in friendship and relationships is you need to communicate. You need to be able to feel like you guys can be clear and you like to have someone who's learning with you and probably someone who's like transcending to the next level with you also, since this is here in the 12th house. Right? Yeah. My love language is a hundred percent words of affirmation. <laughs> I constantly need to be told that I'm doing a good job or like, that, you know, be very transparent with what my partner's up to or whatever. So that makes mm -hmm. so much sense. Uh -huh. Totally. And so then the opposite, the yang to that is the Mars. And so Mars is what energizes us. It's what we're passionate about. It's how we show up with energy and with that penetration of like, I'm going into the world, I'm doing this. And so yours is in the sign of Virgo. And Virgo is an earth sign. It can be um, very perfectionist and driven in terms of like, the way that I want to show up in the world and the way that I want to do things need to be perfect. Mm -hmm. And if they're not, I'm going to judge myself and criticize myself or judge other people around me and criticize them. And it, it has very high expectations for what it wants in life. And so with you saying that there's this masculine way of you showing up is that it's more probably showing up in the way that you're doing things, right? Or you yeah. feel maybe that you always have to be doing things. And it's in the third house and the third house is about communication and about who's in our local area, right? So let's say that you're maybe putting together an event for people in Topanga or something. You're going to be the one spearheading it. You're going to be doing this. You might be like, I don't know if I can even ask for help because I feel like I need to do everything and you know, no one can do it as good as I can. Mm -hmm. And so there is that, um, it's really about perfectionism is kind of what it comes down to. And yeah. so I think a part of that is, um, finding the beauty and surrender. Oh my God, hundred percent. And literally that's happening right now. I've somehow gotten pulled into uh, beautifully organizing a festival in Topanga and it really is challenging my um, qualities here. Cause I'm like, I, I do want to lead this, but I don't, but if I give it away, someone's going to screw it up. <laughs> so I really have to let that go. And um, the last time I was home, you know, my sister and I had this really good conversation. She was like, you are constantly working. I've never seen you not working. And she's like, it might help you to just actively rest sometimes because I don't even consciously realize that I'm doing it. But I feel like if I'm off for one second, like I'm going to be missing out. But um, my sister's been such a beautiful guide for me in helping me realize that like rest is just as important. And like, that's where the productivity is in itself sometimes. So just calming down a little bit because I definitely have that like not competitive edge because I don't see life as a competition at all, but for myself, like it definitely, that perfectionism comes out in that way where I'm like, I got to be doing something all the time, go, 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 or else I'm going to miss out. Um, that is definitely a big lesson for me. Yeah. To yeah. Yeah. And you know, I think that a lot of that too 
there's the art of doing things. And also it's like looking at, are you comparing yourself and feeling like you have to do things all the time, right? Like, do I need to be making this six figures because this entrepreneur on social media just said that they did. And you know, there's this whole culture that we live in too of like, you need to be doing more launching this thing or who's this next person. And, um, you know, since you have your Mars in Virgo, that also can show that sometimes there can be because uh, Mars can also represent like combativeness or competition and it can almost be, it's like with yourself more so. Right. Definitely. And then there is this definite um, judgment and comparison cycle that happens very strongly with both Virgo and Libra because Libra is about me and the other, you know, it's about the relationship and that can be about romantic partnership. It can be about friends. It can be about, whoever is in your circle, whether it's in real life or people you've never met before on the internet or your peers and your Jupiter is in Libra. So you have, that's kind of, the Jupiter is actually one of my other favorite things to, to look at in people's charts because the, um, Jupiter is known as the Santa Claus of the Zodiac. And okay. wherever that is, it's kind of like Santa just like sprinkled some magic for us and was like, here's where you get extra blessings. Here's where you get to shine and thrive even more. Um, cause Jupiter is what expands us and it's where we have this level of expansion and things work out really well for us. And so with yours being in Libra, it just shows relationships come really naturally to you. That doesn't mean all romantic relationships or all friendships are awesome and great all the time, but that you're really here to expand and learn and, you know, be pretty blessed in that area but also it can sometimes be the opposite, right? Where let's say that you do have amazing friendships or amazing romantic partnerships and suddenly something goes wrong. It's also going to be blown up in a big way because Jupiter just makes things really big. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. It's so interesting to have this all validated. Yeah, I mean, I think the comparison for sure comes up in, in more of a way that's like, if they're doing so well, I should be at their level. It's not even like a, it's just like, exactly. It's an internal thing. That's like, all right, I need to up level because there's no reason why I'm quote unquote behind yeah. here. So learning how to be gentle there. And, uh, I just love people so much is I have the interesting thing with relationships. I think it's cause I'm cancer, but like, I really cherish my alone time and I really can't hold, or I, I just prefer not to hold so many close friends that I see all the time because I really need that alone time to recharge. And it's interesting to think about romantic partnerships because they only come in when I'm like fully open and ready. If anything's going on, like I can't allow, I don't even date. Like I don't even allow men to come in until I'm like, feeling really stable and, uh, and really ready. And then like a lot of my block is around, well, if they're coming in, am I at their level? Um, if I'm not making as much as they are financially, if I'm not at the same social status, like, are they not going to love me? Like, so there's a lot in there too, which I'm working on clearing out because I am calling in consciously a, a new partnership. And when that happens, it's crazy. Like people come out of the woodwork just from putting that energy out, but totally. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so yeah, you, know, you can even see in your chart there's so many things we can see in our chart just related to the houses because the houses are these areas of life like if you were to walk into a door I always like to imagine that the houses are like if you're literally just walking into a tiny house <laughs> you know, like, uh -huh. this is this tiny house and the seventh house the seventh tiny house is about relationships and it represents how we show up in relationships and also the type of partner that we want to attract. Now, it doesn't always have to be the sign of the house, 
um, but it should be that similar type of vibe. So yours is Capricorn and yeah. everything that you just said fully matches with that because Capricorn wants to, you know, Capricorn is the mountain goat. It wants to be the goat. It's like, am I making enough money yet? Am I, you know, am I at this social level? Do I feel like my, my gifts are already, you know, in motion? Am I living my purpose? Do, am I pretty enough? Am I this enough? Am I that enough? And we can have the enoughs and enoughs, you know, game forever. And it's like, once we're at that point of self-love, then it all, it all unfolds. But yeah, so with you having that Capricorn there, it's it's really fun because a key word in your relationship will need to be respect because mm. Capricorn is all about respect and building a legacy and having a lineage and saying, you know, what was my imprint on this world? And probably really important for you to feel like you're kind of in like a, a power couple type of deal. 100%. That makes so much sense because I really look for partners who are very ambitious and mm -hmm. my partnerships have ended because of sometimes lack of ambition yeah. or just, and that's okay. You know, like some people are just like not thinking that way. They're like, I'm just out here enjoying my life. Yeah. I, I really am looking for a partner who is ambitious and in their purpose and comfortable, comfortable being seen and successful, um, which is scary to me because like, I'm like, I need to be that to attract them, which is true. But it's also like getting back into that place of self-worth and knowing that I'm enough, um, you know, to attract that. My mom is a Capricorn as well. So um, that makes sense, like energetically. Um, we have a wonderful yeah. flow just as people. Um, I, I get a little scared of like emotional availability with Capricorns because I need so much attention and affirmation, but it'll be interesting to see how that unfolds. Yeah. Yeah. Is your, um, what's your mom's birthday? She is January 4th. Okay. So she's like in the middle. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. So, you know, we can do something called synastry charts, which are relationship charts. And just by knowing someone's birthday, I can kind of visualize and see So your mom's son would land in your seventh house. So that means that when you look at your mom, you see her in this relationship type of way. So something, you know, you've said you've worked on like mother wounding and all of that a lot, but it's like, that is so strong in your chart that, um, you know, healing the mother wound is going to be one of your almost like gateways and pathways to then finding that partner and making sure that you're not looking for the same triggers that your mom might have triggered you with before, if that makes Absolutely. sense. Absolutely. Oh, completely. Yeah. It has so much that attachment to do. Style, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It has so much to do with just honesty and compassion and just like open communication like you were explaining earlier it makes perfect sense yeah absolutely yeah whoa yeah. <laughs> so i see we've we've kind of worked our way around haven't we we have yeah and you know another another big thing um just in terms of kind of like the needing the the words of affirmation and the attention and everything and that is really because you're chiron so chiron is it's an asteroid and chiron is known as the wounded healer and wherever we have our Chiron is where we do have some type of wounds. And the way that we heal that wound is by going into whatever caused the wound and either somehow giving that to ourselves again or putting ourselves into situations where we can um, receive whatever was lacking there. And so since yours is in Leo, Leo is all about validation. <laughs> Leo is about being seen and <laughs> about being heard and, you know, really radically expressing themselves, whether that means through dance or singing or speaking, podcasting, you know, somehow 
being the person who's in the spotlight. And so you, you know, you doing this podcast is you leading that festival in Topanga. All of that is you healing this wound, this, you know, this trigger, because you're saying, I'm going to actually look at this and be the person that's doing the opposite of what, whatever hurt me first. Mm-hmm. So that, that's how you heal it. You know, it's like essentially using the same type of medicine, but in a positive way. Totally. And I make music and I write music from such a cathartic place. And um, it's very healing every time I release a song to, to let it go and just feel like I've closed a chapter in a way. So that's really interesting. It's so Leo. And I remember like, you know, a little while ago when I was trying to figure out what my, you know, big three was. And for some reason, I thought I might be like a Leo rising or maybe even cusp on Leo for my son. And I was like, I really wanted to be a Leo because I was like, I just want to be like in the sunlight. So it's very interesting that it turned out to be my Chiron um, where really? the moon thing is. Yeah. Well, also, you know, so each house or yeah, each house has an original ruler. This is getting very deep into astrology, but you know, the, the wheel of astrology starts with Aries, Taurus, Gemini, Cancer, Leo. And so each house is naturally ruled with that energy, that flavor. That's what gives the house its energy. So if we look at the fifth house, the fifth house is the original Leo ruler or Leo energy. And yours is where your Pluto is. So Pluto is the essence of transformation, of death and rebirth. It's where we're going to go through very deep experiences so that we become anew. And um, these can be really uncomfortable and hard experiences a lot. Pluto, it's funny because Pluto is the planet that is the furthest from planet Earth. It's known as a dwarf planet, yet it's like little man, small, or what is the saying? Little man, big ego. (laughs) Uh Yeah. It's like this little dwarf planet out there. And then it's making this huge impact, right? It's like this huge effect that it has where it can really feel like we're just, we're just like in the blender. We're like, oh my gosh, I'm completely turning into something different than I was five minutes ago. And so since you have your Pluto here, it means that in this area of creativity, of, um, of, you know, anything that has to do with self-expression, anything that's in that Leo energy, even though yours is ruled by Scorpio, is that that is where you transform. And so it makes sense that writing music and having these creative, super creative outlets are really cathartic and processes that move you and how you actually are dealing with pain. Oh yeah, hundred percent. So where, so Pluto, where does Pluto land? It's um, so Pluto is in this fifth house and uh-huh. it's also in Scorpio. So Scorpio. now everyone who's in our generation, everybody who's basically born between, I think it started 1983, I want to say until about 1994, 95, we all have Pluto in Scorpio. And so with this, this means that the way that our generation has chosen to come down and to transform is through the Scorpio energy. And Scorpio energy represents going into the depths, going into the places that many people are afraid to go to. You know, if we, if you and I were sitting here talking about astrology and we knew that thousands of people were going to listen to this 20 or 30 years ago, like I might've been, well, let's talk about 400 years ago. I would definitely 
burned at the stake, right? But then even 20, 30 years ago, people would be like, oh my gosh, don't talk about astrology. It's against the church and it's against, you know, Jesus Christ and, you know, it's mm-hmm. witchcraft or it's woo-woo and it's new age, whatever that might have been. But now this generation is like, no, let's go into the mysticism and into the alchemy and let's see what is in our subconscious mind, what is in that deepest part of our souls and ourselves, and let's heal and transform through that. Oh my gosh. Yep. That makes so much sense. Yeah. I was just listening to this NPR episode recently about astrologers being like considered witches and it being so, it's very, quite recently, it was just shocking to me because we live... I mean, I feel like we live in this bubble now where I'm like, oh, everybody talks about this all the time, but it is pretty new um, to be experiencing this and really unravel this, which is like so fascinating. And we're in the, I mean, we're in the age of Aquarius, right? Mm -hmm. Is that what we're in right now? So it does, does that all kind of tie into this and just like the, the communal outlook of where we're moving forward um, in an evolution standpoint? Yeah, 100%. So we were in the age of Pisces before, which makes sense because it was, you know, religion and Jesus Christ and these big figures um, and kind of worshiping something that was hopefully getting us to oneness, but also the shadow of Pisces that is that there can be a lot of um, murkiness or it can feel really confusing and hazy because maybe there's not one thing that's right. You know, it can just feel like you're drowning in, in a, so many options. It's very boundless. And as we move into Aquarius, it's about air. So there's more about let's think very fast and it's mental. And it's also more so of a connection to cosmos and to galactic energy and to, you know, technology and, and the oneness that comes from people working together, you know, and really about humanitarianism and working for the good of the people. It's like for the people, by the people. Um, And so it's, it's really exciting. And Aquarius is about being outside of the box and innovative and progressive. So I think that more people are really turned on to it and not afraid of it. Thank it God. Was, oh yeah. It was so cool to watch the shift come in. Right. Cause I think it, correct me if I'm wrong. I think black lives matter movement was happening. The um, galactic federation was revealed by, you know, an Israeli high up in politics um, all over the news. We we're talking about extra dimensionals, extraterrestrial beings having contact with us. Like, all at once, like all space travel, like, it's like we we just came roaring into this age. And it was not shocking to people. We're like, Oh, yeah, sure. (laughs) Makes sense. (laughs) Like, we're ready for this. Uh, So it'll be interesting Ah. to see what happens next. Absolutely. And I mean, I think that the cool thing with that, too, is, I mean, it's just this testament that we are manifesting so fast, you know, to the point that you I don't know. I definitely have experience where this, where I think about something and it happens the next day, or, you know, I don't even have to really like say it or be like, I'm going to do a ritual around this. It's just things are happening. Mm -hmm. And so we have to then, you know, look at what are we thinking negatively or, you know, not constructively because that's going to manifest just as fast as well. Oh my God. Yeah. That Lionsgate portal we just went through as well. I mean, we're going to be kind of far away from that by the time this episode airs, but, um, I have never experienced such a visceral, like in a beautiful way, transformation that was so heavy hitting. Like my mm-hmm. whole life just blossomed overnight almost. It was like everything was just like blessings just came straight through. Um, I don't even know what's worth mentioning about that, but it was just like, it built faith for me, honestly. I think that's the only word for it. It's like, it really just renewed this perspective and understanding that like, exactly like you just said, everything that I'm thinking and calling forth is so important. So how can I just maintain and manicure my mental space 
so that I'm really a clear channel and just blessings are flowing and just affirm that all the time um, that we're creating our own realities. So let's just get aware of what we're creating. Absolutely. Yeah. I had so much magic on the actual Lionsgate portal day too. Like I had so many number confirmations. It was so funny. I went to go yeah. see, so, you know, I'm in Asheville now and I drove out to Raleigh, which is like four hours away. And I went to go see Kings of Leon, who are one of my favorite bands. Nice. And I, um, I stayed at a hotel that night. My room number was 510, which is my birthday. And then I parked in somehow like free, the VIP parking. I accidentally drove over there and then they were like, actually it's free tonight. Park here. I was like, sweet. <laughs> and that happened. And then the parking spot that I rolled into was 86, which is my birth year. Like just <laughs> so many oh, little wow. things. And I, I love numbers because it's just even more of these little tidbits of magic that are like, Hey, things are good. Remember, you know, keep going. And yeah. Yeah. Undeniable. And like, I think a big thing too, is just realizing how deserving we are of these beautiful things happening for us and remembering to just happen to be like, I'm worthy of this. This is, it's not too good to be true. I'm allowing this. I mean, I got offered to house it at this beautiful house in the mountains with, you know, pool and horses. And it was just like, I got gifted this vacation all of a sudden for a couple of weeks. And I needed new clients um, to come in. So, I mean, as soon as I landed here, like three new clients just appear, you know, it just it turns into this organic like community over here. Like, oh, you do this? Let me help you with this. It was like, are you kidding me? I just had to just trust the process and be like, yes, Helen, we, we all deserve this. We deserve these blessings. hundred percent keep going. So I love that you're seeing numbers too. And that that day was big for you. Um, so is there anything coming up in September astrologically for the collective that we should um, just keep, keep our minds out for? Yeah. Let me pull up really quick the actual, um, you know, I think that one of the biggest things is the, well, let's see here on the 22nd, we are going to have the, um, the second full moon that's in Aquarius. So that's very rare for that to happen is to have two full moons that are in the same sign. Mm -hmm. So whenever that happens, it's almost kind of like this double emphasis on, Hey, <laughs> listen to this energy, you know, and, and do these things because like be more Aquarius or look at to where is Aquarius for you in your chart and how can you go deeper in that sense. Um, but also when we think about Aquarius energy, it really is about being unique, being yourself, being in your own truth, being in, um, in compassion for the collective, regardless of your differences, regardless of this person is vaccinated or not, you know, regardless mm -hmm. of the political point of view or anything that um, is being obsessed over by the media and by technology and looking at those things because Aquarius does rule the airwaves and that's how we get all of our information. So it's looking at, am I going to be so affected by what's happening in the airwaves, right? And so then when we have our new moon in Virgo, that will be in September. I don't have the exact date memorized or on me, but um, when we have that, you know, that's going to be more of this time of, okay, what is it that I can do then for myself and to heal, you know, the deeper parts that are within me that need some additional um, healing because Virgo is all about, it's about healing. I'm looking up the date right now. I believe that it's going to be September 
7th. So for that, you know, it's funny, it's like right after Labor Day, it's like we kind of go into fall. And that energy is like, how do I nourish my body, my mind, and my spirit, you know? And what am I putting into my mind? What kind of news am I consuming? Am I living in fear or am I living in faith? And I think that there's, you know, a lot of, of nervousness and paranoia within what's happening in the world right now. And I think that this is the time that people need to have something to hold on to, whether that is um, just a deep knowing of yourself and of trusting in things happening for a reason and of being someone who is living and leading with their heart rather than with judgment. Um, and really to look at what is it that you are consuming? You know, what type of food are you putting into your body? What type of substances are you putting into your body? What types of friendships and relationships? Because Virgo wants to refine, it wants to detox and cleanse. And this is our time to do that. You know, there's a reason that Virgo season is when it's like the fall harvest because we're saying, okay, we're cutting out what we don't need anymore and let's take the, the good fruits with us. Mm, oh yes. Beautiful. I think this episode's going to come out right around that time so we can all prepare for that and just get ready. Oh yeah. my goodness. This has been quite profound. You, <laughs> you have such a beautiful way of describing, you know, the planet systems and, and, you know, in such a unique way that makes it very easy to understand. Sometimes I get a little like bamboozled by all of this. I'm like, what, what does this mean in the house? Like, I don't know, but thank you so much for sharing that. And, you know, I want to ask you too, like, what have you learned about yourself? What's been revealed about yourself through studying your own chart? Oh my gosh. Like every single thing. Everything, myself. right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think that like some of the biggest, so I'm a Leo rising and um, just that in itself was so confirming to me because my whole life I, you know, when I was younger, I was a dancer. I took piano lessons. I did modeling. Like I did all of these things that were about the spotlight being on you. Right. And just learning that was like, okay, I am here for this leadership role and also for creativity and for fun and for bringing warmth into that. And another thing that I have that's um, kind of rare, but I think that some people who are born in, in my year in 1986 or maybe even late 1985 might have this also where I have that stellium where the planets are next to each other, um, where it's all in Gemini, it's in the 11th house, which is the house of media and groups and organizations, festivals and things like that, um, which makes sense that I got kicked out of that school, right? Because my Chiron is there. And what it is, is it's the moon and then Chiron and then Venus. And just seeing those three planets together, kind of my own interpretation of that is that, you know, the moon, my needs and my emotions are very deeply connected to my wounds. And then next to that is Venus, which is love. And I, throughout my own life, have um, attracted relationships with people who have had addictions before. And so it's like, oh, interesting. How am I maybe this person who is somehow getting gratification by helping to heal these romantic partners or friendships, you know? And that in itself was something huge for me to see. This is a pattern I want to break because I don't want to attract that, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so just learning that one thing, but also seeing okay, well, I also could be attracting clients like that. Or maybe that's something that just, you know, within my own family, right? Of like seeing people who had those issues. So it's, it's been so revealing, just little things like that. And for anyone who is listening, who might also be on the healing path, a lot of people who have 
their Chiron next to their moon or their sun or Venus, you will feel very deeply and you will go through a lot of um, pain and working on those wounds. But that's also a big indication that you're on it. You are a healer in this lifetime that your soul said, I'm going to do this. I'm going to feel these pains on the deepest level so I can experience it myself and then help um, transform the lives of others through that. Yeah. I love how you switch that in your mind and your perspective to be like, okay, I'm attracting these partners. Maybe these are my clients. Maybe this is who I really am here to heal, but maybe they're not supposed to be my romantic partnerships. Wow. And how does your family feel about all of this? Are they supportive? Are they, do they love it? They're super supportive. I'm very fortunate to have, um, so going back to like our, our Mormon conversation, there's even kind of like a joke in the Mormon religion that there's like California liberal Mormons. (laughs) (laughs) I was very blessed to be raised by it, by those types. My parents met, you know, at Stanford and they're both very, um, forward thinking. So that is a blessing. They're my biggest supporters. And when I first got really into astrology, I was like giving them birth chart readings and they were like, wow, this is awesome. So So it's, it's really, yeah, I feel really blessed. They're, they're my cheerleaders and, and they believe in it. You know, I don't think that they're going to sit down and like go listen to a YouTube video by themselves, but Mm -hmm. whenever I give them insight, um, they're just like, cool. You know, it makes sense. It resonates. It just makes perfect sense. It's like, you're just reading my mind and my life when you're going through this chart. It's just like, it's, it's not coincidental at all. It's just like, Oh, this is why I behave like this. And it's so helpful to know so that exactly like you were describing, we can identify those patterns, break them, and then just heal and move into the next best version of ourselves with, with that knowledge. It's just like a toolkit, isn't it? Exactly. That's awesome. Um, And then finally, is there anybody that's been inspiring you? Any books that you're reading? Any documentaries you've been liking? What's what's been inspiring you right now? Yeah. So, you know, my all-time favorite, um, I kind of have two all-time favorite teachers. One is Wayne Dyer, um, maybe because we have the same birthday. (laughs) I don't know. There's like something weird there, but I love him. Um, But my other favorite is Gabby Bernstein. And, you know, she just, she never ceases to impress me. And even for being this really mainstream guru, I feel like she's so authentic and in her truth. And um, just this week, actually, I started listening to her book, The Judgment Detox, because that's something that has been coming up for me a little bit as I left living in Southern California and moved to the South and seeing like how comfortable I was with my lifestyle and the overall lifestyle in Southern California versus everywhere else in the world. Kind of like you said, we lived in that little bubble of everyone believes this. And, you know, a lot of people dress this way. Also looks are very emphasized and, um, but it's also part of the spiritual community of like, let's put on our glitter and our super expensive outfits that are gorgeous and flowy. And, and that bubble just fully popped for me when I came out here. And, you know, obviously like, that's not what I lived in my whole life. I've lived all over the world, but, um, you know, I was in California for the last eight years and I think that it's easy to just live in that bubble and coming out here has been this beautiful way to be like, let me look at someone's soul, not at the book that's on the outside, you know, not the cover. And, um, yeah, so I've been listening to this great book called the judgment detox by Gabby Bernstein. And one of the things that she says is that, you know, judgment is really just the opposite of love. And it's, it's asking if whenever we are having judgment, it's because there's something within ourselves that we're also judging ourselves for. 
that um, maybe that can bring something up. And I thought that was a really cool way to, to look at it. So it's something I'm kind of on my own little personal journey towards working with as well. Totally. I love Gabby too. She's awesome. I want to go watch some of her little IGTVs or something again. She's yeah. a fantastic speaker. Love that. That's such a good point that you make too, because I mean, I can so relate to that. I lived in New York City for the last eight years. Now I'm in California. Majorly different groups of people. It's crazy. Yeah. I'm like, I thought I was spiritual in New York City. And then I get out here and I'm like straight edge. It's so funny. But um, I think it's just so important for us to travel like that and to live in these new places, um, to just embrace, you know, these different perspectives and how we all approach life and just have compassion for one another. And uh, I love that you're bringing that up too, about like what the media is putting out at the, as this, you know, trigger point for everybody, the vaccine it was Trump beforehand. And just like, how can we come back to that compassionate place where we set aside these differences and just like see each other for our, you know, humanity? Absolutely. So much going on. Yeah. yeah. Well, Natalie, I cannot thank you enough for this gift of, you know, your presence and, and your reading and everything. And I hope that everybody listening was able to just, I think we had a lot of great talking points just about like the generality of the, the signs and what people can take from them. So maybe people can pull up their charts too and go along with us. But um, if people want to work with you and just learn more about you, how can we get in touch? Where can we work with you, et cetera? Yeah. So I'm super active on my Instagram, which is rise with Natalie. And just yesterday I, um, opened the doors for my first official astrology school. Um, and it is called the cosmic earth school of astrology. It is starting on September 22nd. It's a level one course. So it's going to be all about everything that we just went over the planets, the houses, the signs, and really going into the depths of it, you know, going into how is it that you actually apply this in a, almost a, a therapeutic type of way to your life. And then, you know, if anybody wants to do a reading, just send me either an email. My email is on my Instagram, I believe, or just, just message me there. Um, and yeah, I have currently, if people like to work one-on-one -on -one together, I have a, a wait list for that right now. But um, in probably in the new year, I'll be opening up some more one-on-one -on -one spots where we go really deep into your birth chart so that you do understand yourself. And then I also use a process called Psyche, which helps to rewire your mind. So we see what the challenges are in your chart and then use this process to liberate you from any of those challenges and really allow you to step into your highest self. Amazing. Amazing. So encouraging everybody to go check that out. And did, I think we have a code, right? For the lifted community um, yeah. for your course. I think code lifted all caps. Exactly. Yeah. So it's a hundred dollars off if you guys do sign up for the, for the course by using that code. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for that. All right, Natalie. Oh my gosh. I'm just so excited that we connected. I can't wait to just keep up with everything that you're up to. And thank you again for being here. Thank you. It was so nice to meet you. All right, my friends, thank you again for being here with us today. I'm so grateful for your presence and everything that we just discussed. All the links are in the description below. So check that out for more information. And again, my website is HelenDenham.com. So you can head over there if you want to browse past podcast episodes and check out the other wonderful guests that have been on. You'll also find links to my music. You can sign up for my self-care Sunday newsletter if you feel called. And there are a lot of blog posts going up, even uh, more Q&A in uh, written format. So thank you so much for being here. And I will see you on December 1st for season four. I'm so excited. Uh, in the meantime, just, you know, there's a whole cache of episodes for you to check out. So 
Blessings. I love you. Have a beautiful rest of your day wherever you are. Talk to you soon. Thank you.